Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 40. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way and he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the treasury of Candace, queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading the passage of Scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as the lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they travelled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptised? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptised him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Aztos and travelled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Please leave your Bibles open there at Acts chapter 8. Let's ask God for his guidance before we get into the Word. Father God, we, we recognise that as we approach your Word today, that anything we do in our own strength will be lacking. And so we pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us, that you would enable us to hear what you have for us this morning and that you would show us the way. Lord, open our eyes to what you have for us today. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Driving in Sydney can be a very stressful thing to do. I'm sure we all know it's a, a very busy place to get around. And if you don't, so if you don't know exactly where you're going, well, and make even the slightest mistake, well, most of us, I reckon, will have experienced the trouble of having to drive around and around and around, hoping to find somewhere where we can pull over and find our bearings. There's rarely anywhere to stop, is there? There's very rarely a second chance to pull over and, and check your maps. And if you aren't exactly sure where you're going, well, you can get yourself into a whole lot of trouble. Missing those dreaded turnoffs can be very, very stressful. It can put strains on marriages and relationships. <laughs> it can cause all sorts of dramas. Now, these days, we have our trusty GPSs in our phones or in our cars to help us get around. 
And it makes driving in the city a whole lot easier, particularly if you're going somewhere you've never been before. Because they tell us, Lord willing, they tell us where we're supposed to go. Of course, only if we've entered the correct destination. But as you all know, before we had the trusty GPS to help us find our way through the city, we used to use the good old Sydney street directory. And whoever was seated, seated in that front passenger seat, well, they were your designated navigator, whether they had that particular skill or not. When I think about the times that I've used the old uh, Sydney street directory, well, I don't have a lot of positive memories. It makes me very thankful for the GPS. Because my own record of being able to make my way through the city with just a map is not a good one. I remember one time, not long after I had gotten my license, that I got myself so lost that in desperation, I decided to ring up my older brother who lived in Sydney and just say, come and find me. Another time I was traveling along and uh, I had my trusty Sydney street directory on the front passenger seat driving on my own. And I accelerated away from the traffic light only to have my street directory slide off the floor, close and uh, be just out of reach. I then spent the next hour driving around looking for somewhere I could possibly stop and get my bearings. But neither of those times compare to the time when Tamara and I almost missed a friend's wedding. On that fateful day, Tamara and I had left the hotel with plenty of time to get where we were going. Tamara was driving and I was navigating. You can see an obvious flaw in that plan, can't you? Yeah. Using only the trusty street directory. I'm hopeless with maps. And so from memory, I think we missed at least one turn. Uh, Tamara's recollection might be a bit different. But despite my failures as a navigator, we did make it to the wedding that day. Unfortunately, it was just in time to sneak past the bridal party as everyone turned around to watch them walk in. It was a very embarrassing moment. It could have been easily avoided had I taken more time to study those maps and to work out where we were going before we set out. With me serving as the navigator, it was like the blind leading the blind. I didn't really know where I needed to go, and so I wasn't able to lead anyone else there. In today's passage, Philip is being led by the Holy Spirit into, into a specific place at a specific time so that he might show this Ethiopian eunuch the way by sharing the good news of Jesus. And Philip was only able to do what God was calling him to do because Philip knew the way himself. That's why being an effective witness for Christ Jesus begins with our own personal relationship with him. If we want to show others the way, we need to know the way ourselves. God has given us his scriptures that help us to know the way to him. And he's given us his Holy Spirit to guide us in the way we should go. And so if we want to direct others to the good news of Jesus, we first need to be following God's way ourselves. 
Last week, we heard about the amazing things that God was doing in Samaria through the, through the Holy Spirit and his work in Philip. As he cast out demons and healed all sorts of crippled people, and as he preached the good news of Jesus. And as a result, the church in Samaria was now growing rapidly. And so by the time that these verses take place, the ones we're looking at today, Philip was now leading a growing church. And the good news of Jesus was continuing to spread throughout Samaria, which must have made it incredibly difficult for Philip to understand what God was doing as God called him out into the wilderness. Regardless of any reservations he had, as the angel of the Lord told Philip to go, he simply went. Philip wouldn't have known what to expect out on that desert road. He was simply being obedient. But as he made his way down the road, he came across, of all people, an Ethiopian eunuch who was travelling home after visiting the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. Now, this man was clearly a God-fearer. He was clearly uh, someone who was a non-Jew, who had a genuine fear of the Lord. And we see this by him going up to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. But being an Ethiopian, this man would have more than likely had dark skin which would have made it very obvious to all of the Jews that this man was a Gentile. Now, that alone would have caused them to treat him like an outsider. Gentiles were not allowed in the main part of the temple. They were excluded to the outermost court, which was called the court of the Gentiles. But being a Gentile is one thing. This man was also a eunuch. A eunuch is someone who's been uh, castrated, more than likely, so that he could be trusted around the queen. He would have been completely excluded from entering the temple of the Lord, according to God's law given to Moses in Deuteronomy 23. In Jerusalem, among the Jews, this man was considered an outsider by every, in every way, shape or form. But among his own people, this Ethiopian eunuch was a very important and influential man. He was in charge of the entire treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. And to be placed in such an important role, he was clearly trusted and respected by his own people. As he made his way home that day, so sitting in his chariot, he was reading the scriptures to himself. And of all of the places that he could be reading, he was sitting there reading Isaiah 53, a passage that speaks directly about Jesus. Philip heard the man reading Isaiah 53 and came alongside the chariot as the Holy Spirit led him. And he asked, do you understand what you are reading? man replied, how can I unless someone explains it to me? As an outsider back in Jerusalem, it's unlikely anybody would have given him the time of day. But here out on the road, 
God was making a way for this Ethiopian eunuch to hear the good news of Jesus. He sent Philip just for that very purpose. The man invited him up into the chariot and he read Isaiah 53 in our Bibles in verses 7 and 8. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The man was puzzled over who these words were speaking about. Was it Isaiah? Was it, was it someone else? So beginning with those two verses, Philip explained the good news of Jesus to this Ethiopian eunuch. By the grace of God, he came to believe the good news. As an aside, you may notice in your Bibles that it goes from verse 36 and jumps straight to verse 38. In, in, some, of the, in some older translations, there is uh, a verse 37, which says that Philip asked him, if you believe, and the eunuch said, well, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. But that particular verse, those particular words are not in any of the more reliable Greek manuscripts, so it's been excluded. As they were travelling along the way, there was clearly evidence that this man, despite those words not being in there, there's evidence that this man had clearly come to Christ. And as they came to some water, the man said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptised? Now, it was obvious that he had faith in Jesus. He'd clearly made a profession of faith, even though we don't have those words recorded. And so there was no reason to not baptise this foreigner, this Gentile, this, this eunuch. The good news of Jesus was bringing people in from every nation, tribe, language and tongue. It was bringing them in to God's kingdom. And so Philip baptised this man by the side of the road, just he and this man and probably whoever was driving the chariot. This man who was considered an outsider by the Jews had died with Christ and been raised with him. That's what was being displayed through his baptism. And after they came out of the water, Philip was led away by the Holy Spirit. And he went away to share the good news of Jesus in other places. Even though this Ethiopian eunuch didn't see Philip again, he went away rejoicing because of the hope that he now had in the good news of Jesus. From a human perspective, it would be easy to see what's going on in these verses as foolishness. Because from a human perspective, Philip left a thriving ministry in Samaria where his, where his ministry was preaching and teaching to thousands where he was encouraging the church there and where people were coming to Christ on a daily basis. And what did he leave all of that for? 
were to go and speak to one single Ethiopian eunuch out on a desolate road. From a human's perspective, that doesn't sound like the best of traits. Surely he could have delegated one of the disciples to go and do that particular job for him. But as Philip was led by the Holy Spirit to share the good news of Jesus with this Ethiopian eunuch, Philip had no idea, no way of knowing what God was going to do through this man. Luke doesn't tell us. He doesn't follow the life of this Ethiopian eunuch as he heads back to Ethiopia. But according to Irenaeus, one of the early church fathers who lived around 130 AD, the Ethiopian eunuch went back to Ethiopia among his own people as an influential man and began to share the good news of Jesus. And there are records of a, a flourishing Christian church in Ethiopia very early in the 3rd and 4th century. We don't know what God's plans are for the people that we share the good news of Jesus with either or how he will grow his kingdom through the, the children that we talk to about Jesus or through the family members and community members that we come alongside. But he calls us to be ready and he calls us to be obedient. The good news of the risen Lord Jesus was continuing to go out to the nations. And because Philip was being led by the Holy Spirit and was obedient to that call, God used him to do amazing things in Ethiopia. Although we don't know whether Philip ever saw the fruitful result of his obedience, what we do know is that Philip's joy in the good news of Jesus was infectious. It's hard to share the joy we have in Jesus if we aren't experiencing that joy in our own walk with the Lord. It's hard to be following the leading of the Holy Spirit while we are being distracted by all of the things of this life. That's why being an effective witness for Jesus begins with our own personal relationship with him. We see this in Philip as he's led to share the good news in Samaria, even as he's fleeing Jerusalem for his life. And we see this in Philip as he leads that now growing ministry to follow God's call and go out into the wilderness and speak to this Ethiopian eunuch. As Philip followed the leading of the Holy Spirit and shared the joy that he had in Jesus, God enabled him to be a part of sharing the good news, not only amongst the Sumerians, but also amongst the Ethiopians. God was taking his word from Jerusalem to Judea and to the ends of the earth. Our own relationship with the Lord is key to being effective in sharing the good news of Jesus. Philip wasn't one of the apostles. He was just an ordinary follower of Jesus. But because of the joy that he had in the hope of the risen Lord Jesus, God used him in amazing ways. We don't need to be anyone special for God to use us. We don't need to be particularly good with words or confident talking to people. 
We simply need to find our joy and our hope in him. So that when he gives us an opportunity, we have that word that we can speak to our neighbour or our friend or our, our family member. When he gives us that opportunity to share the hope we have in Jesus, we are ready to follow his lead rather than do it in our own strength so that he will guide our words and prepare the soil for us to sow into. Let's come before him in prayer. Father God, we recognise that as much as we would love to see some of our family members, some of our colleagues and friends come to know you, we recognise that that can only happen if you prepare their hearts, if you give us the words and if you bring in the harvest. Lord, we pray that you would do that in the lives of our friends, our loved ones, and, our, and those neighbours and colleagues, Lord. And Lord, we pray that as you do that work in their hearts, you would also do a work in each of our hearts, that we might be prepared for what you have for us, that our lives might be marked by your way, that we might follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that when the opportunity arises, we might show others the way. And we pray this in his name. Amen.